Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Dick Allen, who uh, I believe is a future Hall of Famer. I'll try to get into Sports Card Insights about that. But first, just the, the man that just passed away, I guess that would be Monday, passed away at his home, 78 years old, amazing guy, uh, really the first Black Philadelphia Phillies were the last team to integrate. He was an absolute star, an amazing hitter, and very feared. I remember I've watched baseball for many years, but when I was a Pirates fan in those days, and when he came up to the plate, uh, he was absolutely a, a feared hitter. And he was well-loved by some people and hated by others. And I think that's what's one of the things that's kept him out of the Hall of Fame. He, in some sense, he followed in Jackie Robinson's footsteps, but he was a little more combative, a little more defiant, of course, he's coming up 15 years approximately after Jackie Robinson. You'd think that things would be better racially in this country, but they weren't necessarily. And so I think he had some uh, tough days, stood up for himself, and uh, not everybody appreciated that. Jackie Robinson was his favorite player, and he was, uh, like Jackie Robinson, was a, a multi-sport athlete growing up, which again, I'm, I'm heartily in favor of. It turns out all this all-state basketball that he had in baseball, he, he had bad vision. And so it wasn't until he got to the, the Phillies organization, they said, hey, dude, you need some glasses. And then he really took off as an amazing power hitter. It's uh, unfortunate that the very year that he's almost in the big leagues, he's in the AA or AAA, but the Phillies made it Little Rock. And Little Rock was not a, a, a good place for integration in the 60s, if you follow your history. So he jumps into that and then gets moved up to the Phillies in 64, winds up being the rookie of the year in 64. And yet he's the rookie of the year as Richie Allen, not Dick Allen. He, he wanted to be Dick Allen. And for some reason, they just always called him Richie over his protestations. They also moved him to third base, which is another uh, thing that can affect a player. If you're put in an unfamiliar defensive position, it could affect your offense. It didn't with him, but I was looking it up. He had never played third base before. They stick him at third base because his bat was so great, and he winds up making 41 errors at third base. So I thought, well, that's terrible. And I thought, wait a minute, how many errors would I make if I was at third base? When you're playing in those days, that's one error every four games. It's probably one error every, let's say, 15 chances. And he wasn't terrible, but he, he wasn't going to win any gold gloves. Silver Slugger, maybe, but not gold gloves. So 64, he's the rookie of the year. It's also the year the famous uh, Phillies collapse. You can't blame it on Dick Allen. He wound up hitting uh, 429 in those two weeks when the Phillies uh, fell apart. So he wasn't the cause. So then he holds out for the next year. I bring this up in a sports card thing because he... He held out for $25,000. That's what his rookie card would be going for if he were nowadays. And they made him sit and wound up signing him for $20,000. Again, the numbers were different in those days. And Philadelphia's a tough town. There's some great fans there, but when they get on you, they get on you. And so he got booed a lot. And like I said, he's making air every fourth game, third base. And yet he's, uh, I think he's a courageous warrior. He was in a tough situation and he came out slugging and, uh, and really... I think many of the fans and the opponents really appreciated that. He was selected for the All-Star Game. He was voted in by the fans. So a lot of fans respected him if they didn't love him. He was mentioned as being one of the best base runners of his day. Then finally, toward the end of his career, almost 10 years in, he wins an MVP 
with uh, the White Sox in 72 with a great season. The manager turns out to be Chuck Tanner, who grew up near where Dick Allen grew up, uh, outside of Pittsburgh, where I actually went to camp around there and drove through those parts over the years when I was a, a youngster. So I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's going to get in one of these years from the Veterans Committee because I think he was one of the most feared hitters of his day. The fielding, I think, can't be held against the guy. He didn't choose his position. He wanted to play first base or something, and I think he did fine at first base. Okay, that's half my episode. I want to deal very quickly with, in his OPG, there are about 20 cards in the first two or three years of his career, from 64, 65, 66, and I'm going to go through them pretty quickly and give you what I think are a few sports card insights. A lot of times, if a player does get in the Hall of Fame unexpectedly, there's a little boost and, and there could be, which I, I think could happen. I don't think he's going to get in posthumously, that they're going to have a groundswell immediately. But the next opportunity, I think he'll get serious and well-deserved consideration. Okay, his first 20 cards. The first is not his first one. And you can follow along in, in the Beckett online price guide. But the stadium pins, those were issued over a number of years. I wouldn't consider that a rookie even, but they were issued over almost a 25-year span. Again, not a bad thing, but I, I have pins. I had some tight pins. Pretty sure I didn't have that one. The next one is a 64 Phillies Philadelphia Bulletin, the newspaper. That's an 8x10 newsprint, quote-unquote card. Uh, I consider it a card. I consider it a collectible. It's always been considered a collectible, but very fragile, can get browned. These are the kind of things that Rich and I were digging out when we'd find something like that at the National. So those are checklisted. And a nice uh, rookie year collectible and, and tough to find in great shape because it's newsprint. 64 Tops, his, his recognized rookie card is a multiplayer card and uh, really pretty easy to get. That's another thing that probably suppresses his value. He doesn't have a glamour rookie card in Tops. The tough one, though, is this Tops rookie all-star banquet card. That was one of the very first box sets when at the rookie banquet, Tops would make out these cards that were uh, three by five and put them in a box and they'd have the rookies and things like that. Again, very cool at this point. It was an afterthought, maybe not, again, because you couldn't get it in a pack. It just came only to the, the VIPs, the attendees of the banquet. Uh, next is the Venezuelan. As you all know from other episodes, anything of the Venezuelan cards, even in a, in a one or a two or a three grade, still very tough. And again, if that's his rookie card from Venezuela, I'd, I'd put that at the head of the list. The 65s, you got the old London coins, Again, I, those weren't tough for me back uh, in the early days, so they're not uh, super expensive. I'm going to get a coin. It's not a card. Next is the uh, Phillies ceramic tiles. Those are six-inch squares. Again, this is an excellent example I, I, of something that Rich and I would be digging for at the National to see something to not just get a type card or type tile, but identify who's in the checklist and be able to put it in the almanac. I'm thinking I had a Jim Bunning for my type. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Dick Allen. Again, I hope I don't say Richie Allen, but it's he was Richie until 72. And I, and I remember one of my close friends at SMU was always saying, it's Dick, don't call me Richie Allen. <laughs> the next one is the kind of a pin set. And again, Rich and I would pick those up, three and a half inch in di diameter, issued by the team. Again, they're, they're collectible, but not mainstream in my opinion. The 65 tops, I think that's his best tops card of those first three. It's a, it's a nice looking card in a slightly tougher series. It's card number 460. Next is the tops embossed from 65. Again, terrible design, monochrome. The embossing is, is very subtle. It's difficult to scan. You can't really see what it is. So again, I, I just don't think they're 
they're not as collectible. Sometimes something can be so ugly and, and it's uncollectible, but then it catches fire because it's overlooked. I don't think this is the case because they actually are also re uh, reasonably plentiful. 65 tops transfers. Those are, again, not very attractive, but a little bit tougher, but uh, poor quality. Again, the, some of those inserts that tops had were not high quality. 66 bazooka. There's no such thing as uh, demand for the first bazooka of a player. So I don't think people care about that. And yet the bazooka cards that were on the bazooka boxes uh, generally had good uh, production value and are, and are very collectible. So I think if I had that, I'd be happy with that. And they come in panels. Occasionally I've had whole boxes. Again, it's always better to get something in the original condition and, and the less cut down, the better. So if you have the whole box, that's better than the panel and that's better than the individual, in my opinion. 66 OPG and 66 tops, same number, same everything, except very subtle differences on the back. But clearly, even when there's an expression of the cards being about the same value, the OPG way tougher and to me a much better card. 66 Team Issue, that would be another good example of a card that I don't even know that I have one of those in that set. And so I'm not sure what the size is. And so obviously if I had a Dick Allen, he would be listed as Richie because on the Phillies, that's what they called him. But uh, I, I would definitely uh, appreciate that if I had it. 66 Tops Rub Offs, those are uh, the ones that have been found uh, occasionally in rolls. And so they're not tough to get. And then finally, the last two, one is the 66 Tops Venezuela. And again, anything Venezuela is good. Uh, they're almost always in bad uh, condition. You wouldn't expect to, to find something nice there, but they're so tough. And uh, I'd love to have that in my collection. Don't think I do. And lastly is the baseball marbles that came out over a period of years. I don't hate marbles, but the marbles, I wasn't a marble kid. I wasn't a comic book kid. I was a baseball card kid. And so I wasn't doing any marble games. I wasn't reading comics. I was organizing my cards and flipping my cards. Again, the marbles, they're not flat. They're not rectangular. Even if you have them, how do you display them? I have a couple because I have type cards of a lot of things, but they are not appreciated by me. Dick Allen is appreciated by me. I really hope that you, the listeners, will take a second look. Again, the collecting aspect, if you're a vintage collector, none of those cards that I mentioned, other than the Warriors, everybody's tough. He's not particularly tougher than anybody else in those sets, but he's just worthy of consideration. Like I said, one of the most feared hitters that I can recall from being um, a fan and, and really following baseball in those days. And I hope he gets in the Hall of Fame. I hope there's been some mellowing of understanding of the situation that he was in as a guy that was coming on the scene when times were different. And I don't know that he wanted to be loved. I don't know that he wanted to be feared, but I'm sure he wanted to be respected. So that's not a bad thing. Dick Allen, you're missed. Your legacy lives on and you open the way for others to come after you. So thanks everybody. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards. Is doing all right.